You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Entertainment Network. The views and opinions expressed on this episode are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or philosophies of the PFC Entertainment Network or any of the affiliates that make this show possible. This show has also been rated M for mature audiences only. Uh, We are going to uh, tackle a genre of sorts. But you and I didn't have any clue what the hell we were going to do. We're going to talk about movies, we're going to talk about TV shows, we're going to talk about toys, we're going to talk about, you know, all the things that made this such such an important part. I love toys. I'm Jason Klaus. I'm Sean Grugel. And we are power tripping the 80s here on the pfc podcast network powered by anchor.fm hello everybody welcome to power tripping through the 80s here on the pfc entertainment network along with sean krugel i'm jason klaus we certainly appreciate you tuning in this week uh, and full disclosure, and to be perfectly transparent, uh, we may be a little sluggish this morning. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are recording on Friday morning, as it were, um, for a number of reasons. Uh, we're coming off of a pretty fun uh, little birthday celebration last night over at, uh, well, Sean, what's become our home away from home, it seems. Uh <laughs> Backroads Bar and Grill in Holly, uh, you know, that is the the host site for the upcoming Power Tripping into the 90s uh, special live event that we've got coming up there on uh, Friday, April the 28th, and uh, we'll talk more about that uh, later on in the program and, and in the coming weeks. We also have another big, uh, a couple big announcements we've got coming down the pike here. Uh, very, very shortly. One, uh, by the time this drops, uh, one that is, um, I'm personally, personally very excited to be able to roll out, but uh, we'll get there here sooner rather than later. Uh, how you doing, brother? Recovering from last night, man. Uh, you can probably hear it in my voice. I don't necessarily sound the same. A little rough, a little rough, but uh Things are going good. Recording here on a good Friday. Um, so I'd like to say in two more days, it's going to be your birthday as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, happy birthday early to you. And you. wow, listen to me. I sound like I'm hitting puberty here. Uh, <laughs> that ties that, into our topic this week. <laughs> yes, it sure does. And then uh, my wife's birthday, who that was the primary uh what would it be, celibate? I don't know. The, the primary birthday girl uh, who's originally 
the celebration was for her. Uh, it's Tuesday, so happy birthday to her. But, you know, Backroads Bar has definitely become our bar. And as you would say, uh, it was on full display last night because you got a card full of... Uh, Careful love, really. I, I did, and it surprised the shit out of me. I'll be straight up with you. I had, I did not anticipate that at all. But you know, I've only been, you know, I've been there, you know, a few times. Five, what, five, six, seven times. Um, I walked in, you know, I very rarely, and and especially with it being on a Thursday as it was, you know, I I haven't had a lot of opportunity to go be a part of of my friend's birthday parties and, and, and things of this nature because of my work schedule uh but we are you know as we are recording this we're in the you know in the midst of easter weekend and so uh i was a i i had the night off and i was able to be a part of that because i wanted to celebrate sharon and i wanted to hang out with you guys and you know and i've gotten you know, I, I, I'm getting used to and I'm starting to learn who people are up there because every time I go up there, it is very much the same crowd, you know, not every single night that I go up there. And these are phenomenal people. And, uh, when, you know, you guys gave me that card and I was like, is this for me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, and Sharon was, you know, yeah, that's for you. And I opened it up and I had like all all the signatures in it. And I was very appreciative. Like it really you know, it really warmed my heart, you know, like I, wow, I, they, I've been accepted, you know, <laughs> that's, yeah. what it, that's what it feels like. I've been accepted and I don't take that shit lightly at all. So I, I very much appreciated that. Uh, you know, we've been saying it for a long time. Backroads has a very cool vibe to it. And, uh, you know, when you're there, you're, you're pretty much family. It is, uh, Cheers. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to get down to it, it's cheers. Everyone eventually knows your name, and mm. they're always glad you came. So, yeah, Backroads is a hell of a place. I mean, I was watching, uh, you know, uh, King Richard even uh, gave you a hug goodbye. You know, yeah. I was like, wow. You know, that Rich is generally a very um, cautious people person. You know, he's real cautious about who he. Uh, hangs out with and who he trusts and that uh, really kind of surprised me because I mean for Rich to I hate to use this term but to uh, bring you into his inner circle like that that quickly uh, dude that's pretty freaking sweet I've known Rich all his life and I've never seen that so well I guess I didn't really I didn't get that at that point. I guess, you know, and then I've made mention, especially with him, because usually when when I'm there and, we're, you know, it, it's almost like we all we all have our own own spots. And Rich is like, <laughs> <We> do <laughs> is like right at, you know, right next to me. And, we, and we've had pretty cool conversations. You know, it, it helps that he's a wrestling fan. I'm a wrestling fan. So there is a foundation there, but you know, you go a step further. He likes Hank Williams Jr. I'm a huge Hank fan, you know. So there's a lot of things that we've we've been been able to talk about, and like I, I guess I didn't realize he was that guard, not that guarded, but 
you know, he's selective about who he brings into the inner circle. So for him to, um, to interact with me in that way, like, I don't, I don't take that lightly at all. Like I am very much the same way. I'm very particular about who I, who I let into my inner circle or get that close to me on a personal level. So with you having said that, like that, it means that much more. It truly does. Yeah. It's a real cool vibe there. And speaking of family, um, I got that family feel last week, last Saturday, as I finally stepped back into the ring after about three years for uh, chaos, the chaos wrestling organization. Sounds kind of familiar, but, uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, it, it was kind of cool, man. It's, uh, it was a little weird being in a locker room with a bunch of 20-something ripped young men and women, and here I am, the fat, bearded old man sitting in the chair. Uh, at the time, I was uh, really questioning my place and why I was there, and was I taking a spot from you know, one of the young people there? And then I got to talking to these guys, uh, talking to these ladies, giving advice, helping run the locker room. And I realized that I actually do have a place in professional wrestling still. Uh, and that's helping these young young guys and young girls out, uh, really knowing what professional wrestling is. And Chaos, um, Mongo's, Mongo Coggins, Rob Gibson, and Mongo's wife, Wanda, did a tremendous job, man. A little tiny VFW hall. Uh, I would say between 250, 300 uh, fans. Uh, piled into that place it was a good time and that was their debut showing is that correct that was their debut showing maybe a, a little uh hiccups on on the booking the, the way the card was lined up i would have done it a little differently and it showed after their uh, curtain jerker match uh but still real good turnout and uh i enjoyed myself man uh billy ray daniels didn't enjoy himself too much because uh I had to leave him in the ring. He kicked me right in the mush, and then he didn't understand why I left him in the ring. You know, it was so funny. Yeah, he he says, "But Levi, we were like family." And I I turned around, looked at him, and said, uh, "Well, you know, just like anybody else, you can turn your back on family." And I walked out. Uh, That will never happen at Backroads. Never happen at Backroads. Yeah, it, uh, you, we talked a little bit about that well, last night. You know, it was it was the first time I'd seen you since, you know, you were uh, part of that show. And just listening to you talk about it in person and then and then again right here, because I have I have the, the benefit of seeing you through Skype while we're doing this. You know, you light up when when you when you talk about that show being a part of that show and the one thing that you said last night that we were talking when we were talking you're like um i needed this i needed it very badly and uh you know it's there's there's a cliche that says you you can you can take the game out of the athlete but you can't take or no you you can take the athlete out of the game but you can't take the game out of the athlete and that's you know that's you you know, and that was very much on full display because, I mean, you light up when when you talked about that and it just happened again here. So that it's wrestling is is a drug, man. You know, yeah. once once you get that first rush, you know, you crave it, you want it and you you can put it on on the on the back burner and 
and you know try to move forward without it but it's always going to be there it's always going to be inside you and for you to uh, be able to experience that again uh, and for KWO to be able you know for them to bring you in to be a part of that like that that's probably the smartest thing they could have done is bring you in and kind of you know into the locker room I mean and be that locker room leader take your years of experience and and forward that to this you know this new crop of talent that's trying to find their way in this crazy crazy ass world of professional wrestling so I'm glad that you had that opportunity and that you know it resonates the way that it does with you that's organic that's that's real you know you can't fake that shit no uh it, it's kind of ironic when you say that in terms of professional wrestling uh you can't fake that shit because um wrestling hurts <laughs> wrestling still hurts getting kicked in the face hurt you know taking a bump hurts um but it, it was cool man it's what's really cool is seeing uh these young men and women when they would ask me for advice not only would they listen to me, but you would watch them in their matches go out and use that advice. Uh, that, my friend right there, uh, is something that the world uh, should be able to use. And what I mean by that is, is we need to learn from our past mistakes and we need to learn from you know those older than us. We need to listen to our veterans. We need to listen to our seniors. and really apply what they learn through trial and error into our everyday lives. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, I mean, that's the only way this world's going to succeed. I mean, for God's sakes, the world's going nuts over a friggin' Bud Light can and whose face is on it. Oh my God. Do you want to go on the sidebar real quick? (laughs) Yeah, we, we will, man, because I'm telling you right now, it's just like people. Beer is like people. It doesn't matter what's on the outside of the can. It matters what's on the inside. And as long as it's cold, I'm drinking it. So, but yeah, let's, let's shoot. I had, okay, for those listening, if you if this is not something that you want to hear, um, uh, I mean, just keep hitting the forward, you know, fast forward 30 second button until we get to the topic. I don't know how long this is going to take, so just bear with us. But this, this shit... <laughs> Somebody left the bar last night, um, my understanding, uh, because because of this. Like, it, it, it ruffled a feather or two to the point to where, and I got into a conversation with Sharon about this. Uh, and, like, she's, I, I don't know how it came across my radar, but, like, she, she or somebody had told her that somebody had left Backroads last night because they got into... Um, not an argument, but there was a disagreement about this whole Bud Light thing. And I, and I'll be straight up, brother. I, I didn't understand. I didn't know that there was an issue because I don't watch the news hardly anymore. I don't really spend a whole hell of a lot of time on social media in terms of, you know, looking to see what all is going on in the world around us. And it wasn't until like the day before that I realized that this was even a thing. A friend of mine posted something. And that's how it came across my radar. And I'm like, wait a minute. What the fuck is happening with this Bud Light controversy? Um, Sharon and I got into a a conversation about this. And it's like, 
here's the bottom line. Why can't we just let people be people? Why does everything got to be some degree of controversy? Why is it that these bullshit labels uh, that we want to pin on people, why does that deter us from actually going out and trying to be a decent human being? Why can't we let people be happy? Why can't we let people be who they want to be? I don't understand any of this shit. Why does it have to be a thing to where now you got, you know, these protests and these boycotts and over a fucking beer can, dude? Like, what is happening right now? Well, it's exactly what we talked about before. It's because of what we are actually conducting this on social media. Social media, everyone has an opinion. You know, the old saying, uh, just like assholes, everyone has one. Uh, the world is full of what I like to call the uh, Gladys Kravitz. You know, uh, they're always worried about what their neighbor's doing instead of wondering what's going on in their own house. <laughs> I, I don't mean to laugh, but I haven't heard that name in a minute. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old, that's why. Um, but, you know, this Dylan Mulvaney, um, who, like you said, who cares? I, I said last night, we were. I think we were talking about the Bud Light can last night. Um, you're absolutely right. People should be able to do and say whatever they want, as long as it makes us happy and it's not infringing on the rights of everyone else. There it is. So um, I put out a post last night before I went to the bar. I'm on vacation, no shoes for a week. I'm wearing my Crocs. And if you got an opinion of that, go shoot another case of Bud Light, you know, because everyone is so worried about how they look, how they're perceived because of these judgmental labeling assholes. You know, the world is always on the edge. You're always walking on glass, whether you're wearing Crocs or not. And if a beer can is going to, how do I want to put this? I'm not going to go into my conspiracy theories, but I have always said there's always something behind the curtain that's going on bigger than what's presented to us in front of our eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I think next week um, things are going to, you know, the curtain's going to be peeled back a little bit. Uh, Dude, is it ironic that this Dylan Mulvaney uh, beer can was unveiled the same time that Trump was to be indicted? I don't know. Conspiracy theorist, I am. But at the same time, um, I know I just went off on a sidebar there. If <laughs> you should be able to dress up as a clown and walk down Main Street USA and no one should say shit to you. You know, because that's your own personal choice. Uh, if I'm stealing your clothes off your clothesline and I'm dressing up as the basher, then we got a bit of an issue. You know what I'm saying? Uh, do what you want to do. Uh, if it's not hurting anybody, my God, why even have an opinion on it? Just my take. It's, it sounds like it's the simplest thing in the world because right. it is. Why, why, why are we complicating shit? Why can't we, 
everybody wants a, a happier world. Everybody wants to uh, alleviate some of this overall pressure in the world around us. Part of that is acceptance. Part of that is just letting people be people and quit trying to buck the system. Quit trying to be uh, being a part of a resistance that you don't even know what the fuck you're resisting. You know, it's I got into this thing like you know, people join these protests and the and these boycotts and things like that, and they have no fucking idea why they're boycotting. They just know that you know, well, this group is making noise, so I want to be a part of that. But you know what you're a part of? More often than not, if we're being honest, no, they don't. And you know, it just adds to the overall, you know, cynicism in our society now. And over a fucking beer can. I mean, can we be? Can we get things back on track? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's a drop in the bucket. So why are we letting this be become a riptide? I, I don't know, man. It's oh, the so answer funny. for me is uh, I, I can tell you why. You have influencers like Kid Rock out there telling you what you should and shouldn't be doing. When in reality, the only thing he's doing is elevating his name because in, in the world of business and finance, any publicity is good publicity. Is that really his opinion about I'm going to boycott Bud Light because Dylan Mulvaney's on it? I would say probably not. I'm guessing maybe his publicist said, you know what would be a great idea? We need to jump on this social media train. Let's start a little controversy here. Because you watch Kid Rock's getting ready to do all these shows at Ford Field and whatnot. They're going to be sold out from a bunch of an opinionated, well, no, I can't say that. Uh, people are going to go to his concert simply because of his opinion on these beer cans in order to support him. Um I know I said it a little tongue-in-cheek earlier, but a beer can is just like a human being. And this is some redneck philosophy right here. In a beer can, it shouldn't matter what's in that beer can. As long as it's what you like to drink, as long, you know, in your opinion, that's my beverage of choice. It shouldn't matter what's on that outside label. Uh, just like a human being, if your choice is to drink that beer, it shouldn't matter to anyone else. As long as you're comfortable with yourself on the outside and you're strong enough to go ahead and drink that beer, then go ahead and be yourself and drink that beer. You know, little little redneck philosophy there, but what's inside a person is what counts. It's not their outside, outward appearance. There it is. There it is. You know, and that's that can be adopted in i mean across the board in real life like i don't get you know you could be the most beautiful person in the world but if you have a dark and ugly soul you are an ugly person to me you gonna call me out like that you gonna call me out like that (laughs) (laughs) oh there okay i'm just you know you and i are very much the same have the same philosophies in terms of that it's just jesus christ can can we can we just get get off just oh it's so funny especially if you listen to this network there are so many bigger things out there to worry about than dylan mulvaney on a beer can I mean, we got the school shootings, we got administrators not doing their jobs, we got, you know, kids being bullied, but yet we're going to worry about whose face is on a beer can. Yeah. 
Come on, America. It's time to wake up. Ding, ding, ding. The alarm clock is going off. Yeah. So, all right, man. I mean, we, we could sit here for hours and, you know, dissect what's fucked in America, but let's, uh, Let's lighten it up a little bit. Let's talk about this week's topic. Uh, kind of stemming off what we talked about last week. Um, we're going to kind of take it on its own sidebar, more than a sidebar, because it's getting its own episode. Uh, we're going to talk about the child stars of the 1980s here this week on Power Tripping through the 80s. Uh, when I say child stars, Sean, I would imagine with you, much like it does me, there's and you know at least a handful of names that pop up in our minds when we think about child stars you know the kids that we grew up watching at that time that you know more often than not is right around our age group uh stemming from tv stemming from movies and um well as 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 you would know i have a list oh man well i'll tell you before you get to the list <laughs> You throw yours out there. I'll throw mine out there. Uh, as soon as you hear child stars, who are the first two people you think of? That I think of? Yep. Okay. Punky Brewster. Okay. And uh, Gary Coleman. Okay. All right. Those, my, those are the my, first two. Mine are the Corys. Always right. will be the Corys. Mm -hmm. Corey Feldman, Corey Haim. And then, then the one that I don't think gets any attention anymore because he's so low key and such a great actor is Josh Brolin. Yes. Yes. Um, great. pick. And, yeah. If you really want to go there, I mean, so let's talk about his most famous eighties movie. We we've talked about before on here numerous times, the Goonies, mm -hmm. you know, he played brand uh, and look how he has evolved as an actor and, and you know, going forward, uh, he, uh, God, he's been in a number, number of movies from Deadpool to, you know, a bunch of the Marvel, you know, what is he, Thanos, I think he is. Uh, yeah, uh, Men in Black 3. Men in Black 3. A younger version of Tommy Lee Jones and fucking nailed it, by the way. They could yeah. not have picked a better dude for that. I always thought that that was, was Tommy Lee doing his voice? I still, <laughs> still wonder about that. He was um, just so perfect, man. The mannerisms and the little nuances that made Tommy Lee Jones' character so iconic in, in that series. And Josh Brolin comes in and fucking knocks it out of the park. He also played George W. Bush, if, if I'm not mistaken. And, and W. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of my favorite movies, a lot of people give it a lot of hate, but I love Jonah Hex. That's one of my yeah. favorite movies. I didn't. Uh, I didn't hate that. No, but you can go back to his '80s movies. You know, he was in uh, Thrashing, the skateboard movie, where like he didn't hardly skateboard at all. <laughs> um, but then he he got into the bigger movies. You know, like the Planet Terror and Sin City. Oh, God, he's been in so many movies. The dude is so successful. Whereas you know, you have a lot of other childhood actors like you know, God rest his soul, Corey Corey Haim, who. Could have been something special and just let the drugs and the pressures of the business get to him. So, what a sad day that was, too, when, when the news of Corey Haim passing away came down the pike. It's like, man, because he kind of you worried about the two Corys because it was all over the goddamn tabloids and the news, and 
you know, not just tabloids, but like people like People Magazine and Entertainment Weekly, like reputable news sources that focus on the entertainment world. You know, they were doing these stories and these articles about, you know, all this trouble that that these kids were getting in and the drugs, the alcohol. And you're like, man, it's just a matter of time. And I'll be straight up. I always felt like Corey Feldman was going to be if, there, if one of them was going to go, it was going to be Corey Feldman. And yeah. it wasn't. It was Corey Haim, and I think that's what um, kind of kicked Corey Feldman in the ass. Is like, man, your best friend just fucking died because of this shit, and it's time to, you know, turn things around. Um, yeah, what a, what could have been with with that dude, right? Right. Um, you know, you, you talk about Corey Feldman. He he kind of has fell off the. Uh, movie train. I mean, he does have all these accusations against directors and whatnot, you know, but he was also involved with uh, another uh, childhood star who passed away way too early, and that was in Stand By Me. He was with River Phoenix, mm-hmm. and, you know, River Phoenix, is saying, I, I think he died in some uh, dance club or rock club out in California uh, from a drug overdose, but uh, Corey Feldman, I want to talk about him for a second. You know, I've he did some really stinker movies after Corey Haim passed away. He did a movie in the Puppet Master series. He did Meatballs 4. He did a couple little other uh, movies. But now he's out on the road doing, <laughs> I think he's entertaining as hell. Uh, his music might not be great, but Corey and the Angels. I don't know if you've ever seen this band. Uh, Feldman uh, always was a great dancer. I mean, he showcased that in Dream a Little Dream, another Corey and Corey movie. Um, but if you haven't seen Corey and the Angels, look him up. I mean, it's... I know a lot of people watch it and hate to say it, they make fun of him because of his presentation and whatnot, but I find him highly entertaining. And uh, Kevin Zink, if you listen to the show, bring him to the machine shop, for God's sakes, I want to go. So... <laughs> Uh, I'll be, I'll be honest. I haven't, uh, like I know of it, but I haven't really, really listened to any of the, any of the stuff that he's put out there. I will have to check that out. Um, you know, the, you said a bunch of stinkers that Corey Feldman was in, uh, the, the, the exception to the rule for me is he played a pretty prominent role in one of my all time favorite movies. That's the burbs. He was uh, one, you know, the neighbor kid that's supposed to paint his goddamn house. Yeah, <laughs> Ricky, so, Ricky. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I mean, with 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 every shitty one, you know, there's there's one that is low key, you know, like okay, he was a part of this, and this turned out to be a good movie. Stand by me, The Goonies, uh, you know, the movies that he did with Corey Haim, you know, that's. That the Lost speaks, Boys. Yeah, Lost I know The Lost Boys is, is very popular. I watched that movie one time. Like, I remember bits and pieces of it, Kiefer Sutherland and all that. Like, I, I remember it, but it didn't, it didn't impact me like it did a lot of other people. And I don't know if it's just because it's a vampire thing. I'm not really into the whole vampire thing, but... Um, you know, he more than, you know, he he's tried to maintain his mm, momentum, I guess, in the entertainment industry. Because, I mean, how difficult, Sean, do you think it has been? And I will get back to the list here. But 
how difficult do you think it's been for these these men and these women that were on on screen big or small as a kid and trying to maintain that momentum going into chi- or into adulthood and still become relevant if that was something that they wanted to wanted to do because there are there are examples and we'll get to it here in a little bit because one really stands out um you know some of them got away from hollywood and did their own thing and then came back you know so how difficult do you think it was trying if they wanted to maintain a career on screen to be able to to still be relevant um here i go starting with the ums again because i have a very profound thought in my head look i am buckled up The answers you seek are in a world-class Hall of Fame movie stars David Spade called Dickie Roberts, child star. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it does kind of give you a little insight. It's tongue-in-cheek, but it does show you the struggle is real for these childhood actors who are trying to make it in Hollywood at an older age. Yeah, come on, you love Dickie Roberts. I love I that movie. I did. It was fucking phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> but what was cool about Dickie Roberts is he also brought in a bunch of 80s childhood stars in that movie. Uh, I believe Webster was in it, Gary Coleman, uh, Danny Bonaducci, uh, Leif Garrett. Um, man, just, I'm trying to... <sighs> Uh, the dude from What's Happening, wasn't he in there? Uh, yeah, Roger. Re- re- uh, Roger and Rerun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end, they had, they, they had, I, I don't know if you watched through the credits, but at the end, they had this whole, like, big uh, choir, kind of like USA for Africa. Uh, it was all child stars singing yeah. about how difficult it was to be a child star. The kids so. from the Brady Bunch was a couple of them were in there. <laughs> yes. I I mean you can't. I, I know it's gonna sound stupid, but you can't discredit Dickie Roberts because it was a comedy, because you see the struggle that they have as a, a child becoming an adult. But then at the end of the movie, to see all these childhood stars together in one place, you're like. Damn, how many of these people actually made it and went on to other things? And how many of these people are still wallowing in obscurity, hoping to obtain the fame that they had when they were kids? I think that's why Comic-Cons have become so popular, because they they provide these opportunities for these guys and girls who were child stars, who weren't able to really capitalize on that or continue their careers in that realm but they're still relevant and these uh, you know these things are popping up all over the place and the promoters are you know they're bringing in all of these former child stars and like it's a resurgence in popularity and like i love the fact that they're that they do have these opportunities to come out and get reacclimated to their fans and the, you know, for, and for the fans to be able to show their appreciation for their contributions to their entertainment, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. And Dickie yeah. Roberts, God damn, man, does not get enough love. Does not get enough love. Love no. that movie. 
Um, I just kind of want to go back to something I wanted to mention when we were talking about Corey Feldman. Um, he did have a little bit of a, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? A tribute, a tribute to Corey Haim. Uh, you were talking about how you weren't a fan of the Lost Boys movies. Mm-hmm. Well, keep in mind, Lost Boys put out two or three different sequels. A couple of them flopped miserably, but one came out by the name of Lost Boys to Thirst, and it was uh, the reintroduction of the Frog Brothers, Edgar and Alan Frog, who were uh, in the original Lost Boys. They, they ran the comic book shop. You know, that was Corey Feldman and the other dude. You know, it's kind of like Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, the other dude. I can't think of the other dude's name, but... Um, in that movie, uh, The Thirst, Corey Feldman had the Superman number five that Corey Haim talks about in the first one. And uh, in The Thirst, he takes it to Sam's grave, Corey Haim's grave, and they have a couple little flashbacks and whatnot. And so in a, in a way, Corey Feldman put Sam and Corey Haim to rest in that movie. Uh Say what you want about Corey Feldman. I, I I would love to hang out with that dude one day. He's he's one. I know a lot of people wouldn't, you know, they would all be like, I want to hang out with Marty McFly. I want to hang out with Daniel LaRussa. No, man, I, I want to hang out with Corey Feldman. I think that would just be badass for one day. One day. Who would you pick if you could hang out with one childhood actor for one day? Oh, my God. Hey, that's, that's a good question, ain't it? That is. Who would it be? And I mean, my first, the first one that comes to mind is Michael J. Fox. Yeah. You know, because of my, my appreciation for family ties. Um, damn, that's a good one. That is a good one. It'd be Punky Brewster, wouldn't it? Well, so that's funny that it's <laughs> funny you mentioned that because she's at the top of this list here. So, I mean, as we go down this list, because I haven't looked at all these names, may, maybe one of these is going to pop up. Be like, that's the one. So let's talk about Punky Brewster here. And we and we <laughs> we got into a conversation before we hit the record button about her. Um, <laughs> so Leah Me- uh, Moonfry, um, one of these one of the actors actresses that. Became a big damn deal in the 80s because of this role and kind of got out of the spotlight. And now with this resurgence of reboots and things of this nature of classic shows that they're trying to reintroduce, she gets back on board. She comes in as an adult for a updated version of Punky Brewster. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't watched it, Um, but in the 80s, Punky Brewster was one of those must-see TV shows because of her. She was adorable. She was funny. She was everything that you wanted that character to be. Richard Mulligan uh, was the perfect, um, the perfect a, a companion with her in terms of 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 the characters. Where is Punky Brewster on your list for you? And I know that we're going to start touching on what we talked about off air here. Because it was controversial, uh, man. It, it really was. You know, uh, Punky Brewster lasted, I believe, four seasons. Uh, uh, 84 to 88, yes. Yep. 
very, very prominent here in this house. It was one of Sharon's favorite TV shows. Um, when the new series hit Peacock, uh, Sharon, you know, we had to watch it. You know, Punky Brewster to Sharon was very much like Full House, which I'm sure some of those childhood actors are on there, too. Uh, but Punky Brewster was huge, man. I mean, there was a spinoff cartoon. I believe it was called uh, Here's Punky Brewster or It's Punky Brewster. Uh, the toy line was out very much like uh, the My Buddy dolls. You had the Punky Brewster dolls. And kids back then, you know, different colored socks, the uh, overalls. You know, Punky Brewster uh, superseded popularity and became iconic. Trendsetter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, there was, I remember the girls in my class at that time that were dressed up like her, the rainbow, you know, colors and, you know, had the their hair in like, in like the pigtails and shit like that. Like, she was very much a trendsetter for a generation there for a minute. And Richard Mulligan was already established. So to have him on that show just drew more adult eyes to that show. And they fell in love with Punky Brewster, just like every kid that watched it as well. Yeah, for sure. So, And then Salil Moonfry, we'll go ahead and talk about what we're talking about uh, before we went on the air. You know, I always thought she was cute. And then you notice in the later seasons, they started dressing her up baggy because uh, she hit puberty very, very early. And, of course, they wanted to keep her... Uh, you know, young and fresh and looking looking like a, a youngster, a preteen, uh, when in reality she had developed so early on that uh, later on, on in life she had to get a, a breast reduction, which, uh, you know, what you a don't perfectly, hear that very often. No, perfectly good waste of boobs. Um, <laughs> no, but, but seriously, I mean, they. I don't know what size they were. I just remember it being uh, a huge deal that Punky Brewster – Number one, Punky Brewster had breasts, you yeah. know, like she was going to stay a kid forever. I mean, that I, I remember the shock when my mom found out that Punky Brewster had to have a breast reduction because they always looked at her as that little girl. They didn't look at her as an adult. So, right. It, it raised it raised unnecessary eyebrows. It's like, right. what the fuck is it to you? What she's, you know what I mean? But. Again, you know, everybody's got to be a part of everything, and that's part of it, uh, and, but it was I, controversial. It was. I think that's part of the reason why Punky Brewster, the, the new series, the one that started up here a few years ago on Peacock, I have a feeling that's why it failed, because while she looked like Punky Brewster, when they would zoom in on those camera shots, and I, I know I'm going to sound like an asshole when I say this, but... You could see the crow's feet under her eyes. You could, you know, see the yellowing around her mouth. From I mean, she, she's got to smoke like a chimney. And I would point this out to Sharon. I'm like, oh my god, look how old she looks. And I think, in a way, that contributed to the downfall of that reboot because people looked at Punky Brewster as the little iconic trend-setting girl and not the woman that Salil Moonfry had became. Yeah, for sure. You know, and like I said, I, I didn't watch it. Um, I'm not a real big fan of all these reboots. You know, I just, it just isn't something that, like, I, I tried a couple of them. I'm like, this just isn't, 
like I can see what they're doing or what they're trying to do. But there are some aspects and some shows just leave well enough alone. You know, it just it's it's iconic for that reason, for that time period. And it doesn't always necessarily translate to the here and now. Uh, I don't know. It's just it, it's crazy to me. Um, the next uh, the, what's that? Oh, nothing. I was going to say, you know, you, you said you really didn't get into the uh, reboots. Like, I was going to use the Fuller House as an example. Um, I watched that with my wife, and obviously we have every season of Fuller House on DVD. I didn't care for Fuller House as much as I did Full House. I mean, if you were to ask me any Full House trivia questions, like, I would put my hands up. I wouldn't need my phone. I'd be able to knock it out of the park because I love Full House. I had a crush on Jody Sweeten for some reason. And did I was you? Pretty, yeah, I did. Uh, more so than Candace Cameron. Um, hmm. You don't and, hear and that I, very often. Oh, dude, Jody Sweeten, when uh, she showed up on Fuller House, it was like, damn! <laughs> but um, it just... It was nice to see Bob Saget before he passed away. You know, um... But the show, the writing was so much different than the original Full House. Yeah, I just, I couldn't get into it. So with Candace Cameron and Jody Sweeten, you know where where I see them now? And it, it's not the Fuller oh, House. Yes, I do know. Hallmark Christmas yes, movies. <laughs> yes, yes. I, the, every year, they're, both of them. Are in, in at least two new movies, so I I have I have kept up with those two on that realm, and both of them, Candace yeah. Cameron especially, um, very very easy to look at. Like eight, like time has done them well. Both, yeah. Of them. And so. Candace Cameron, in her own right, became a bit of a trendsetter. You know, I mean, with yeah. the real long hair and the overalls and whatnot. So it, it's kind of funny how in the 80s we latched on to those iconic childhood stars and, and tried to incorporate their style into ours. Um, mm -hmm. Mine, when I was a kid, this is going to sound crazy, but I told you before I was into breakdance movies. Uh, I always... This is gonna... <laughs> uh, Oh, full, disclo full disclosure, <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to be the Boogaloo Shrimp from, <laughs> from Breaking. So I had the uh, parachute pants and the plunder pants and the headbands. And, you know, I I wanted to be a B-boy so bad and the, uh, the Boogaloo Shrimp, man, that was, that was my dog. I wanted to be just like him. I probably looked like an idiot as a kid <laughs> dressed up like it. But you know something? It's not what's on the inside of the beer can, or it's not what's on the outside of the beer can. It's what's inside the beer can. So, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, you know, we talked about. You know, we touched on Candace Cameron. Let's let's look at her brother Kirk on Growing Pains. Um, and I say I don't know if he's on this list because I've only gotten past the first one here. Kirk Cameron. Um, God, it was Kirk Cameron, Tracy. Was it Tracy Gold? Tracy Gold, yeah. And Jeremy. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Ben. Ben Seabrook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Kirk Cameron <clears throat> kind of raised 
raised eyebrows for all the wrong reasons as you know as he got away from growing pains because uh he put his his religious faith very much on on a public realm and got butchered for it i don't know why that would be a thing but it did but kirk cameron was another one of the he was you know he was one of those art throbs you know like all the girls loved kirk cameron and you know you you didn't hear about him until he would, you know, lend his name and lend his celebrity status to more religious films, TV, and these other things that centered around around religion. Now, you know, those who who believe and those who are um, active in in different religions and stuff like that, they flock to him. But the ones that that didn't um, butchered him for it. But, uh, you know, it's cool to see that he was still relevant, but I feel like at this point, here in 2023, his sister has a bigger footprint in the entertainment genre than Kirk does. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, You know, Candace kept her religious views to herself, uh, you can go back to an earlier TV show, earlier 80s TV show, and Charles in Charge with Scott Bale and Willie Ames. I think we talked about them last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willie Ames uh, became quite the uh, religious figurehead in that community, so to speak, even producing a, a television show, I believe, called Bible Man, where he was a uh, Bible-carrying superhero. Um, for some reason... The entertainment community seems to really look down on people who don't profess their religion ahead of time before, you know, they they move into the entertainment industry, which is kind of a weird thing for me to think about. I mean, uh, Benny Hinn, for God's sakes, I know I'm going off on a sidebar, but the guy's nothing but a swindler and a crook, but people flock to him. If he would have been a childhood actor before he became, you know, this evangelistic priest, would people still would he still have the same effect on people that he had? Uh, I don't think so. It's because we're used to seeing our childhood actors in one light, and we're not used to seeing them in another light. So if they deviate from where they originally started from, it becomes an issue for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, true story. Um, <clears throat> I want to move along here a little bit. Um, this one because i'm very i'm looking forward to diving in into this actor part of one of our favorite movies and kind of got off the radar a little bit and then pot has popped back up subsequently later on as more of, of an adult sean astin when i say <laughs> sean astin what comes to mind goonies yep Thank you. <laughs> and then if you want to talk more uh, now, then you're talking the uh, Lord of the Rings series. Um. So you say that, and like I'm looking at this write-up of his that they have here. I got this list from EntertainmentWeekly.com, by the way, or okay. e- EW.com for Entertainment Weekly magazine. Uh, I never saw Lord of the Rings Neither when I, I when I think of Sean Astin as an adult. And Single Man? No, Fifty First Dates. First, it's, yes, yes, the steroid-riddled brother who got yes. disqualified from a bodybuilding competition. 
and he talks like this with the with the lip. <laughs> got his ass kicked by Adam Sandler, and his dad made fun of him. <laughs> oh God damn! I slipped, like, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Sean, Sean Aston, very versatile actor, and been in a ton of different movies. But those are the, you know, Encino Man is the one that really pops in my head for me. Yeah, he, uh, I mean, he's one of those. I'm glad to see is still, still doing shit now nowadays. But his role in the Goonies as Mikey, kind kind of the ringleader of of the group there, uh, iconic. You know, he is what made part of what made that movie so fun. I mean, the whole cast did make no mistake about it, but they, they positioned him as kind of like the leader of, of the group of the Goonies. And, you know, he's, he's pretty cool. He he manages to stay relevant through some pretty popular franchises as well. I mean, you know, you, you, we discussed the Goonies, but then the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but to go even further than that, uh, stranger things. The Netflix yep. series. Yep, they um, have him on this too. Yeah, he, he manages to f- get himself into a position where the camera is still on him. So it's because of his versatility as an actor. Yeah. Melissa Gilbert. Little House on the Prairie? Yeah, absolutely. And um, that was kind of like her claim to fame. And she's from Michigan too, right? I believe so. They don't have that list. Uh, wait a minute. She ran for Congress in Michigan's 8th Congressional District, but dropped out due to health-related issues. Yep. Um, I I guess I forgot about that. Boy, Mr. Michigan forgetting about an actress from Michigan? Well, I mean, that just goes to show um, how deep into Little House on the Prairie I got into, I guess. Yeah, me, you know, me neither. You know, Melissa Gilbert, I, I would always get her confused with other people. Yeah. So she's really not on my radar. Uh, Corey Feldman, we just talked about him. All right. Now, this next one is the one that I said there was one that became prominent as a child actor in the 80s, got out of it, did her own thing, now has had a resurgence on a public realm but it is more along the lines of the hallmark movies christmas movies oh. and you thought you thought you had it didn't you thought i had it okay thought go ahead I had it. Who, uh, did, who, who did you think i was talking about i'd have to look up her name mayim balik that's what i thought it was no but i can see where <laughs> why you would have gone that danica mckellar ah uh, winnie cooper yes sir <laughs> Yeah, uh, I didn't keep up too much with her. Uh, I did see her appear in Impractical Jokers one time. If you've never seen that episode, go watch it. It's hilarious because Murr had a childhood crush on her. I believe they had him dress up something stupid and go meet her. (laughs) Yeah, Danica McKellar's uh, ageless, too. I mean, I'm going to say ageless because she looks just a little bit more grown up. Like, she looks like teenage Winnie Cooper, which for most guys is uh, a lot of ammunition for the spank bank. So. <laughs> Listen, she, uh, she's a genius. Like, she yeah. is a, le- a, a legitimate genius. 
she uh after getting out of the wonder years and that's what that's the show that you know she got on people's radar through she went and got a phd in mathematics and has written a bunch of books and and all of this uh, she got she got her degree from the university of chicago in 2005 and like she was set for life based on that she could have done anything that she wanted to do and been successful at it but she's gotten back into the acting thing and a lot of her more recent roles have been on the hallmark movies especially the christmas movies and you're right dude like it is winnie cooper just a little bit older and it's pretty awesome tracy gold is on here um, didn't she pass away looking it up right now i know she went through this is um like she became prominent on growing pains right and uh after even during like during the tail end of growing pains Ooh. is when Ooh. she started to battle a eating disorder and okay. that's I don't know if she's passed away no, or not. No, she, she didn't pass away. Uh, I thought she did because I heard of her problems. I didn't know exactly what they were. I knew it was some kind of eating disorder, mm-hmm. but I didn't didn't go any further into the woods than that. Yeah, she just kind of really fell off the radar. She really hasn't done much of anything since uh, since that prime run with with growing pains and then coming out and talking about the eating disorder. I remember her addressing this in an effort to try to help other people that are dealing with this because eating disorders is a very serious thing that doesn't get enough attention on it. But it, I mean, it kills people, you know, it really does. And she kind of became a poster child for this. I remember because my mom always had a subscription to people magazine she got it every single week for as long as i can remember and i specifically remember tracy gold being on the cover of this thing and it was a deep dive into her into her issues and you're like damn you know they would show pictures of her sean and it, it was unnerving man you know what she she deteriorated to now thankfully as it seems, she's been able to turn that around. But, you know, there for a minute, there was all indication that she was going to be one of these that we lost way too soon. Well, the producers and writers of Growing Pains didn't help matters, uh, giving Kirk Cameron all the fat jokes and body-shaming jokes in that show. Uh, I don't know if the producers and writers realized that she had that issue, during her time on the show. And, you know, I don't think the producers or writers had any nefarious reasons to, you know, they were, they were, they were writers. They were trying to write comedy. Uh, You know, we didn't have all the political, (laughs) political correctness then that we have now. So in in a sense, uh, Tracy Gold was being, bullied unknowingly by Kirk Cameron, I believe the writers and producers. I believe she was taking that to heart. I mean, and you would if every joke on every show that you're doing is a fat body shaming joke. Uh, eventually, that's going to wear on you. You know, subconsciously, that's going to uh, cause the issues that she had. Yeah, straight up. Uh, 
this next one is one that we've joked about. We've talked about, uh, not really joked about in terms of anything other than what they're going rate for is on Cameo or whatever. Uh, Webster? <laughs> yes, sir. Daniel Lewis is on this list. He comes. He's number seven on this list. Webster, uh, 83 to 89. Uh, what an icon, you know, in, in, in that term, in that time period, rather. Um, you say Webster, you don't, I mean, the his face instantly comes to mind, right? He's Webster. He's not Emmanuel Lewis. And that was directly pointed out in Dickie Roberts when Dickie Roberts was in the celebrity boxing ring with him. And he was upset that he got his ass kicked by Webster and not Emmanuel Lewis. Right. Uh, I didn't realize he re he recorded music um, and is part of an entertainment company. So he's still very relevant in the entertainment genre. Uh, you just don't hear about him. I, can, I, I couldn't imagine what he would sound like as a singer or something or a rapper or you know anything like that that would just be kind of weird they would just loop the iconic webster laugh over and over again speaking yeah. of webster emmanuel yeah. lewis is on cameo and he raised his price to 60 bucks so if you were thinking about getting power tripping through the 80s a shout out from emmanuel lewis from cameo do it now before he raises his race again, because every time we say Webster or Emmanuel Lewis, it gets back to him, and he raises his race because he knows that he has been name-dropped on power tripping through the 80s. So get that cameo to us as soon as you can, or it's going to cost you more money in the future. PFC Network on Cash App. So anyway, um, <laughs> Joey Lawrence. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. God damn it, Sean. If you had said another word after I had said his name, I would have been disappointed. Joey Lawrence, whoa. Kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. I don't know if he's done much since then, but when I hear Joey Lawrence, it goes right to that one word phrase that became iconic. I hate using that term for Joey Lawrence, but whoa, <laughs> it became iconic. You know, what's crazy is, you know, that was on the show Blossom, which technically ran from 90 to 95. The first time he came across my radar was when he was on Give Me a Break. Yes. And, um, you know, that ran from 83 to 87. Uh, as you know, as an as an adult, I and I didn't watch this, but uh, he was on Melissa and Joey on ABC. Yeah, that but, was uh, Melissa, Melissa Joan, Hart. Joan Hart. Yep. And for those that don't know, that would be Sabrina, the teenage witch. So, yeah, I kind of had a thing for Sabrina, the teenage witch too. A lot of people, a lot of a lot of people did. Yeah. yeah. Ricky Schroeder. Oh, man, Ricky Schroeder, the luckiest kid on the face of the earth, had the best TV set in the world. Uh, Silver Spoons was amazing. His co-star was an, uh, another childhood icon, Alfonso Ribeiro. Um, Ricky Schroeder was the epitome of teenage heartthrob. He was on all the Tiger Beat magazines back in the day. 
tiger Ricky, meat. Tiger meat, buddy. <laughs> and then I remember later on down the line, when he became an adult, he tried to become a serious actor. And he says, uh, people are no longer allowed to call him Ricky Schroeder, but Richard Schroeder. Do you remember this? Yes, I do. And no. he was basically laughed out of the business, if I remember correctly. Yeah. You, and he hasn't done a whole hell of a lot since then. Like, then, let me tell you. <clears throat> was it NYPD Blue? I don't remember. Uh, yeah. Was it? Yeah, okay. I, yeah. Yeah, Rick Schroeder. Jesus. Rick Schroeder. You, you know, he, um, you know, fun fact, sidebar. You know, he was uh, the guest uh, timekeeper for the main event at WrestleMania 2. Uh, I would have to go back and watch, but I'm sure they had so many celebrities at that point in time. Um, yeah, I can see it. Uh, coming in next on this list, and it's not really ranked. It's just how, how they have it listed here. Fred Savage. <sighs> you know... Fred Savage to me, okay, so Wonder Years. It was pretty uh, iconic TV show. I believe that's, you know, Winnie Cooper, Danica McKellar. And I believe the other kid's name was, was it Paul Savino or? Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, look, no phone. I'm doing good today. Um, Fred Savage to me, while he was a cute little actor in the Wonder Years, uh, I really kind of fell in love with Fred Savage uh, when it came to Austin Theory, or not Austin Theory, Austin Powers. Yeah. And then uh, Once Upon a Deadpool. If you haven't seen Once Upon a Deadpool, watch that movie. Uh, essentially, Deadpool kidnaps Fred Savage and takes him back to a room that he literally set up as his room in the tv show <laughs> uh wonder years and, and tells fred savage a bedtime story you got to see this movie <laughs> i have not seen that i'm gonna have to check that out um what you know and then the popularity of the wonder years uh kind of catapulted him into the movies you talked about austin powers and right. he was you know a little bit older than that but he was also as a kid uh, wizard yep and <laughs> the little monsters little monsters yep and the princess bride yes three very god i keep seeing this word over and over again but three very iconic movies mm -hmm. uh little monsters with howie mandel uh the wizard had uh oh my god pump up the volume uh slater christian slater yes uh, christian slater was in that one uh the wizard though probably one of the perennial 80s movies with the introduction of super mario brothers 3 uh you know very nintendo uh based game and then if we got to talk about the princess bride well i think that should be a deep dive for later on down the line absolutely yes absolutely uh kirk cameron we've already talked about him uh gary coleman Gary Coleman, different strokes. Didn't do a whole lot after that. Did a lot of guest spots uh, on different TV shows. But, you know, very much in the same order as Emmanuel Lewis had that growth deficiency. I believe he passed away here probably, what, between five and ten years ago? 
he died and i was i just read that on on their little write-up here um he died in may of 2010 okay um, at the age of 42 you know he ran for governor in california yep Yep. i i must have missed that uh he also did appearances on the jefferson's facts of life and silver spoons so uh but he was still very very much iconic um in terms of you know, his footprint in the 80s. Yeah, what you talking about, Willis? I mean, he yeah. would show up on different TV shows just to do that one line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa Bonet, I say that name. What come, do, you, do you know who that is? Yes, I do. She played uh, Cliff Huxtable's daughter on the Cosby show and later went on to the offshoot of A Different World. Absolutely. Uh, she uh, did a few movies since then, too. Yeah, one of them, and I can't, they don't have the actual name of it on here, but it's what got her kicked off the Cosby show. God damn it. What? It wasn't nine and a half weeks. That was with, with Kim Basinger, but it had Mickey Rourke in it. And there was a pretty explicit scene that was filmed with this that Bill Cosby did not know about. And he was so upset that she embarked in that role and in this scene. That's part of the reason why she was removed from the Cosby show, but subsequently was added to the spinoff of A Different World. You look at the Huxtable kids in general, um, Theo Huxtable and Rudy Huxtable, you know, they didn't really do a whole hell of a lot after the Cosby show. No, uh, Mal- Malcolm Jamal Warner has popped up a couple of times. I've seen him a couple of times since then. But Keisha Knight Pulliam, uh, Pulliam, fun fact, she and I share a birthday. That's how I, like, anytime as a kid I looked at who do I share a birthday with, she was usually the only one that popped up. So, Well, she was the most popular one. I mean, you say Cosby show right off the bat, Rudy Huxtable, mm-hmm. you know. Um the movie you're talking about was uh, Angel Heart. Thank I you. Had, yep, there I had is. to look it up. Uh, that movie, I, re- I remember when it first came out, it had an X rating, and they had yes. to take some footage out of it in order to get the R rating. So, yep. yeah, that's why uh, Bill Cosby had such an issue with it. Now, Bill Cosby's in prison for sexual allegations now, so kind of ironic, but uh, that's another discussion for another time. <laughs> Yes, actually, I'm going to make note of that. That's going to be another. Uh, I remember you know, my mom was just brokenhearted when uh, the allegations against Bill Cosby came out. Just heartbroken. It was. He was America's dad. Yeah, this yeah. shit doesn't happen to America's dad. You know, um, listen, that could be its own topic its own show so let's not do two because i i would like to talk about that at some point no that's um, fine let's keep moving through the list because we're at an hour and 20 already almost well i was just going to say that's the end of my list according oh, okay. to ew.com um any, anybody i miss there's a ton of people that you missed you know uh i mean i know he wasn't a childhood star but uh billy zadka you know, he was a, a teenager. I mean, he was in some great movies, wasn't necessarily on TV. Uh, Billy Zabka uh, or William Zabka uh, played uh, 
Oh my God, why am I having a hard time? Cobra Kai, Johnny, he played Johnny Lawrence, but he played, you know, he was in just one of the guys. He was in, you know, quite, quite a few other movies where he played a bully. Um, I could look around the room here and I could just start picking people out left and right. You know, Kiefer Sutherland, uh, uh, his brother Emilio Estevez, uh, Brendan oh, Fraser, yeah. you know. I mean, the whole, the, yeah, that whole thing. You can go back through all our 80s TV shows. But one thing I'm glad we didn't really get into this episode is the failures of some of our childhood stars. I would like to maybe do one day, one day do a uh, where are they now? And that would be kind of cool if our listeners, you know, if you're really curious about somebody, like what happened to Six from Married with Children? What happened to Sam from Different Strokes? You know, I, I would like to actually have a topic where I actually got to do some research to find out where these people wound up. And if our listeners were to send in a uh, comment on the bottom of this post, uh, you know, who they, you know, maybe one of their favorites that they have no idea what happened to them. I think that would re be a really badass type of show, almost like, you know, detective time on <laughs> power tripping through the eighties. This segment is brought to you by blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that idea, actually. So, yeah. Yep, we, we can certainly make that happen. Uh, we will kind of start winding this down because we are um, at the, you know, way over an hour at this point. I mean, we can sit here for days at a time and fucking just bullshit, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, but I know you're getting ready to, uh, you know, you're on vacation and, like, why, you know, we have the holiday weekend here. Um we are going to, you know, like we've talked about, as we will going up to it, April the 28th, uh, Backroads Bar and Grill. We're going to be uh, kind of tiptoeing into the 90s on that particular night. Starts at 8 o'clock. Stay tuned to all of our social media outlets for all of the latest information. Sean, there's just so much moving and shaking going on with, uh, with the PFC Entertainment Network. Not just what we're doing here, but... There's a lot of new shit coming down the pike, man. And like, we are on to something. And it's a very, very exciting time right now here on the network. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. With uh, the rumblings that are happening up at Backroads Bar, the rumblings that are happening through the interwebs, uh, just the feedback that we're getting from the people who attended the power trip and through the eighties karaoke and costume party, a uh, lot of talk, a lot of moving and shaking, as you said, um, still thinking about my costume for this whole 90 things. Cause the nineties were a blur for me, but uh, I'm super excited about what's going on. And, you know, I wish uh, some of these other shows, uh, more specifically, Turnbuckle Time Machine, uh, Ray Jackson, get your head out your butt. And same thing with uh, the robot, Eric Cherry, get your head out your butt. You know, get on board because uh, this train ain't stopping for nobody. And, uh, you know, it's, it's difficult to get when you get so many people. It's difficult to get their schedules all aligned at one time. You know, I've tried I've tried going the route of what works for you. Right. Or I've tried, okay, on this day, and, you know, I'll give them a week, two weeks, you know, notice, we're going to record this day, this time, this is the topic, and availability becomes 
you know, a concern, an issue because people have their own shit going on. And I totally understand that. Uh, but at the same time, and you're absolutely right. You nailed it. Like this train is fucking gaining some momentum. And when, if I could, uh, borrow a very popular catchphrase in, in relation to this, when this motherfucker hits 88 miles an hour, you are going to see some serious shit yeah. straight up, straight up. Cannot be more excited. And, you know, it's it's you, it's Amy, it's Nicole, it's, you know, there's just so much happening right now uh, with this network. And now we're bringing in Cassandra Ray, and, like, there's all kinds of cool shit going on. Stay tuned to the, the platforms here, because without the listeners, without the fans, none of this would be possible. And we're doing this for you because this is what you've asked for. Let's do the damn thing, right? Absolutely. Um, kind of going back real quick, real quick sidebar. I know we're getting to the hour and a half mark. Um, the footage on my end of the power tripping through the 80s party uh, was corrupted. I went to a couple different uh, streaming professionals. We could not save that footage. Um so I take full responsibility for that. Um, it is what it is. It was our first time out, but at Power Tripping through the 90s, it's pretty much confirmed that we will have professional video recording equipment there from on TV, and it's going to be pretty sweet. So, Yeah, all we got to do is show up and talk, which I'm fucking fine with. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, let's put a bow on this thing. Uh, we certainly appreciate everybody tuning in this week, as we do each and every week. Uh, April the 28th, mark your calendars. Be Make your plans to be a part of this thing. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Uh, with that, <clears throat> go out and, hey, enjoy your, your vacation, brother. Very much deserved. And, Thanks, um, and uh, for everybody else, th thank you for tuning in. We'll see you right back here next week with a new episode. Power tripping through the 80s here on the PFC Entertainment Network. The calendar has flipped into another month, and now springtime is upon us. With that comes the all-important prom season. Now, unfortunately, there's a lot of girls in the Genesee County area that miss out on this wonderful experience because, well... They don't have a dress. I want to tell you about this cool program, this, this very cool drive that is being orchestrated by the UAW Local 598 Women's Committee. Now, what they're asking for is for anyone who has any new or gently used prom or homecoming dresses that they have no use for to be donated. The Women's Committee will take the collection of dresses to Forever Bella. They are a dress shop that works with Genesee County Schools to provide girls in need free dresses so that they can attend their prom. The only requirement is that the dresses be cleaned and from a smoke-free home. And the dresses that are not suitable for prom are donated by Forever Bella to Angels Above, the Whaley's Children's Center, and Flat Rock Assisted Living for their adult prom. If you have a dress in your closet that is no longer of use for you, we encourage you to donate them at the UAW Local 598 U Union Hall 
on G3293 Vanslake Road in Flint. They are accepting donations until April the 21st. If you can help out these girls in need, it would be very much appreciated. And we thank you for your consideration to donating to this very important cause. Thank you.